0: Om A warm welcome to all the listeners, devotees of Sri Sadguru sainath Maharaj. The times are testing. The life sometimes shakes you from the core itself. There are numerous monstrous waves of calamities that are surfaced in this tremendous ocean called life. But nothing is permanent. These waves dash against the rocks at the shore and retreat. Many rocks are withered after continuously withstanding such a wrath for years. However, only the ones whose foundation and composition is strong can last longer and can go through these tough moments with relative calm and composure. Guru Bhakti Patience and perseverance are the virtues that are responsible for a strong foundation in life. One who surrenders unconditionally and wholeheartedly to the Guru, not only experiences warmth of protection from outside, but also the bliss of divine love from inside. Today, we shall listen to the chapter 7 of Sri Sai Satcharitra, in this chapter, the author, Shri Govind Raghunath Bulkarji, mentions Baba as a wonderful incarnation of Divine. He narrates behaviour of Baba and his yogic progress. The author narrates tales from the lifetimes of Baba where it confirms Baba's all-pervasiveness. Before we begin, I prostrate myself Unto the lotus feet of Lord Ganesha, the Lord of Wisdom, and Goddess Saraswati, the Goddess of Knowledge. I pay my obeisances unto the lotus feet of my Kula Devata, Bhavani Shankar Nagesh Maharudra, and Devi, Sri Mahalakshmi. My maternal deities, Sri Devki Krishna Ravarnath, Sri Ramnath, and Sri Devi Satiri. My Guru Sadguru Sri Sainath Maharaj, my parents and my grandparents. Last but not the least, I pay my respects to you all, my listeners. Let us now begin. Chapter 7 Wonderful Incarnation Sai Baba knew all yogic practices. He was well versed in the six processes including dhauti, with its stomach cleaning by a moistening piece of linen 3 inch in breadth and 22 and half inch in length. Khandayog that is separating his limbs and joining them again. And also in samadhi etc. If you think that he was a Hindu, he looked like a Yavan. If you think him to be a Yavan, he looked like a pious Hindu. No one definitely knows whether he was Hindu or Mohammedan. He celebrated the Hindu festival of Ram Nami with all due formalities and at the same time permitted the sandal procession of Mohammedans. He encouraged wrestling bouts in the festival and gave good prizes to the winners. When the Gokul Ashtami came, he got The Gopal Kala ceremony duly performed and on Eid festivals he allowed Mohammedans to say their prayers or namaz in his masjid. Once, in the Muharram festival, some Muslims proposed to construct a taziyah in the masjid and keep it there for some days and afterwards take it in procession through the village. Sai Baba allowed the keeping of taziyah for four days and on the fifth day removed it out of the masjid without the least compaction. If we say that he was a Mohammedan, his ears were pierced that is, the ears had holes according to Hindu fashion. If you think that he was a Hindu, he advocated the practice of circumcision, though according to Nanasep Sahib Chandorkar, who observed him closely, he was not himself circumcised an article in saililla on baba hindu ki yavan by bv B. dev page number 562 this reference is taken now if you call him hindu he always lived in the masjid and if muhammadan he always uh, had always the dhuni sacred fire there and the following things which are contrary to the muhammadan religion that is grinding on a hand mill blowing of conch and bells, oblation in the fire, bhajan, giving of food, and worship of Baba's feet by means of Argya, that is water, were always allowed there. If you think that he was a Mohammedan, the best of Brahmins and Agnihotris living aside their orthodox ways fell prostrated at his feet. Those who went to make inquiries about his nationality were dumbfolded and were captured by his darshan. So, none could definitely decide whether Sai Baba was Hindu or Mohammedan. This is no wonder, for he completely surrenders himself to the Lord by getting rid of his egoism and body. Consciousness thus becomes one with him and has nothing to do with any questions of caste or nationality. Such a one as Sai Baba was. He saw no difference between caste and and creed and even beings and beings. He took meat and fish with fakirs, but did not grumble when dogs touched the dishes with their mouths. Note, Malsapati, an intimate Shirdi devotee of Baba, who always slept with him in Masjid and Saudi said that Baba told him that he was a Brahmin of Patri and was handed over to a fakir in his infancy. And when he told this, some men from Patri had come and Baba was inquiring about some men from that place. This is with Sai 1924, page 179. There is another note which says, Mrs. Kashibai Kanyatkar, the famous learned woman of Pune, says in Experience No. 8, which is published on page 79 of Sai Lila, Volume 11 in 1934, She says, On hearing the Baba's miracles, we were discussing according to our Theosophical Convention and fashion whether Sai Baba belonged to black or white lodge. When once I went to Shirdi, I was thinking seriously about this in my mind. As soon as I approached the steps of Masjid, Baba came to the front and pointing to his chest and staring at me spoke rather vehemently, This is a Brahmin, pure Brahmin. He has nothing to do with black things. No Muslim can dare to step in in here. He dare not. Again pointing to his chest, this Brahmin can bring lakhs of men of the, on the white path and take them to the destination. This is Brahmin's masjid and I won't allow any black Mohammedan to cast his shadow here. Such a unique and wonderful incarnation with Sai Baba. On accounts of the merits in my past birth, I had the good fortune to sit at his feet and enjoy his blessed company. The joy and delight I derived there was an incomparable one. In fact, Sai Baba was pure ananda and consciousness. I cannot sufficiently describe him, his greatness and uniqueness. He who took delight at his feet was established in his own cell. Many sannyasis, sadhakas, and all sort of men, aspiring for salvation, came to Sai Baba. He always walked, talked, and laughed with them, and always uttered with his tongue, "Allah Malik," that is, God is the sole owner. He never liked discussions or arguments. He was always calm and controlled, though irritable at times, always preached full Vedanta, and nobody knew till the date who was Baba. Princes and poor people were treated alike by him. He knew the innermost secrets of all, and when he gave expression to them, all were surprised. He was the repository of all knowledge, still, he feigned ignorance. He also disliked honour. Such were the characteristics of Sai Baba. Though he had a human body, his deeds testified to his godhood. All people considered him as the Lord God in Shirdi. Behavior of Sai Baba Fool that I am, I cannot describe Baba's miracles. He got almost all the temples in Shirdi repaired. Through Tatyapatil, the temples of Shani, Ganpati, Shankar Parvati, village deity and Maruti were put in order. His charity was also re- remarkable. The money he used to collect as Dakshina was freely distributed. rupees 20 to some, rupees 15 or 50 to others every day. The recipients though that this was a pure charity money and Baba wished that it should be use, uh, usefully employed. People were immensely benefited by having a darshan of Baba. Some became hale and hearty. Wicked people were turned into good ones. Kushta or leprosy was cured in some cases. Many got their desired fulfilled Without any drops or medicine being put in the eyes, some blind men got back their sight, and some lame ones got their legs. Nobody could see the end of his extraordinary greatness. His fame spread far and wide, and pilgrims from all sides flocked to Shirdi. Baba sat always near the Dhuni and eased himself there, and always sat in meditation, sometimes with and on other times without a bath. He used to tie a white turban on his head and wear a clean dhotar around his waist and a shirt on his body. This was his dress in the beginning. He started practicing medicine in the village, examined patients and gave medicines. He was always successful and he became famous as a hakim or doctor. A curious case may be narrated here. One devotee got his eyeballs quite red and swollen. No doctor was available in the initial days in Shirdi. The other devotees took him to Baba. Other doctors would use ointments, anjans, cow's milk and camphorated drugs etc. in such cases. Baba's remedy was quite unique. He pounded some biba, some carpus anacardium, that is, marking nuts, and made them into two balls. Thrust them on in each of the eyes of the patient, and wrapped a cloth bandage around them. Next day, the bandage was removed, and water was poured over them in a stream. The inflammation subsided and the pupils became white and clear. Though the eyes are very delicate, the Biba caused no smarting but removed the disease of the eyes. Many such cases were cured and this is only an instance in point. Baba's Yogic Practices Baba knew all the processes and practices of yoga. Just two of them will be described here. Dhauti or cleaning process is the first one. Let's begin. Baba went to the well near a banyan tree at a considerable distance from masjid every third day and washed his mouth and had a bath. On one occasion, he was seen to vomit out his intestines Clean them inside and outside and place them on a jamb tree for drying. There are persons in Shirdi who have actually seen this and who have testified to this fact. Ordinarily, a dhauti is done by moistening a piece of linen 3 inches broad and 20, 22 and a half feet long, and this piece is gulped down the throat and allowed to remain in the stomach for about and half an hour for being. Uh, reacted there and then taken out but baba's dhauti was quite unique and extraordinary we shall now narrate the second yogic practice that baba used to follow that is khanda yoga let us begin in this practice baba extracted various limbs of his body and left them separately at different places in masjid once a gentleman went to masjid and saw the limbs of Baba lying separately at separate places. He was much terrified and he first thought of running to the village officers and informing them of Baba being hacked to pieces and murder- murdered. He thought that he would be held responsible as he was the first informant and knew something of the affair, so he kept silent. But the next day, when he went to the masjid, He was very much surprised to see Baba, hale and hearty and sound as before. He thought that what he had seen in the previous day was only a dream. Baba practiced yoga since his infancy and nobody knew or guessed the proficiency he had attained. He charged no fees for his cures. He became renowned and famous by virtue of his merits gave health to many a poor and suffering person. This famous doctor of doctors cared not for his interest but always worked for the good and welfare of others, himself suffering unbearable and terrible pain many a time in the process. One such instance I give below which will show the all-pervasiveness and the most merciful character of Sai Baba baba's all pervasiveness and mercy in the year 1910 baba was sitting near the dhuni on diwali day and warming himself he was pushing firewood into the dhuni and was bright which was brightly burning a little later instead of pushing blocks of wood Baba pushed his arms into the dhuni, the arm was scratched and burned immediately. This was noticed by the servant Madhav and also by Madhavrao Deshpande Shama. They at once ran to Baba and Madhavrao clasped Baba by his waist from behind and dragged him forcibly backwards and asked, Deva, for what you have done this? Then Baba came to his senses and replied, the wife of blacksmith, at some distance place, was working on the bellows of a furnace. Her husband called her, forgetting that her child was on her uh, waist. She ran hastily, and the child slipped into the furnace. I immediately thrust my hand into the furnace and saved the child. I do not mind my arm being burned, but I am glad that the life of the child is saved. Lipper devotees' service. On hearing the news of Baba's hand being burned from Shama, that is Madhavrao Deshpande, Mr. Nanasayap Chandorkar, accompanied by a famous doctor, Parmanand of Bombay, with his medical outfit consisting of uh, ointments, lint, and bandage, etc., rushed to Shirdi and requested Baba to allow Parmanand to examine the arm and dress the wound caused by the burn. This was refused. Ever since the burn, the arm was dressed by the leaper devotee, Bhag- devotee Bhagoji Shinde. His treatment consisted in massaging the burned part with ghee and then placing a leaf over it and bandaging it tightly with patties or bandages. Mr. Nana Chandurkar solicited Baba many a time to unfasten the patties and get the wound examined and dressed and treated by Dr. Parmanand, with the object that it may be speedily healed. Dr. Parmanand himself made similar request, but Baba postponed saying that Allah was his doctor and he did not allow arm to be examined. Dr. Parmanand's medicines were not exposed to to their air of shirdi as they remained intact But he had the good fortune of getting darshan of Baba. Bhagaji was allowed to treat the hand daily. After some days, the arm healed and all were happy. Still, we do not know whether any trace of pain was left or not. Every morning, Bhagaji went through the program of loosening the patties, massaging the arm with ghee and tightly bandaging it again. And this went on till Sai Baba's samadhi. Sai Baba, a perfect Siddha as he was, did not really want this treatment. But out of love to his devotee, he allowed the Upasana, that is service of Bhaguji to go on uninterrupted all along. When Baba started for Lindibhak, Bhaguji held an umbrella over him and accompanied him. Every morning, when Baba sat near a post close to the Dhuni, Bhaguji was present and started his service. Bhaguji was a sinner in his past birth. He was suffering from leprosy. His fingers had shrunk and his body was full of pus and smelling badly. Though outwardly he seemed so unfortunate, he was really lucky and happy, for he was the premier servant of Baba and got benefit of his company. Now we shall listen to Master Khaaparade's Plague Case. I shall now relate another instance of Baba's wonderful Leela. Mrs. Kaparde, the wife of Mr. Dadasaheb Khaaparade of Amravati, was staying at Shirdi with her young son for some days. One day, the son got high fever, which was further developed into bubonic plague. The mother was frightened and felt most uneasy. She thought of leaving the place for Amravati and went near Baba in the evening when he was coming near the wada now samadhi mandir in his evening rounds for asking his permission. She informed him in a trembling tone that her dear young son was down with plague. Baba spoke kindly and softly to her, saying that the sky is beset with clouds, but they will melt and pass off and everything will be smooth and clear. So saying, he lifted up his kafni up to the waist and showed to all present four fully developed bubos as big as eggs and added, see how I have to suffer for my devotees. Their difficulties are mine. Seeing this unique and extraordinary deed or leela, the people were convinced as to how the saints suffer pains for their devotees. The mind of the saint is softer than wax. It is soft in and out as butter. They love their devotees without any idea of gain and regard them as their true relatives. With this note, with a choked voice, we we prostrate to our Baba. Let us go to the next topic. Going to Pandarpur and staying there I shall now close this chapter after relating a story illustrating how Sai Baba loved his devotees and anticipated their wishes and moments. Mr. Nanasaheb Chandorkar, who was a great devotee of Baba, was Mamladdar at Nandurbar in Khandesh. He got an order of transfer to Pandharpur. His devotion to Sai Baba bore fruit and he got an order to go and stay at Pandharpur, which is regarded as the Bhu or heaven on the earth. Nanasaheb had to take immediate charge, so he left immediately for the place without even writing or informing anybody at shirdi he wanted to give a surprise visit to shirdi his pandapur see and salute his vithoba or baba and then proceed nobody dreamt of nana sahib's departure for shirdi but sai baba knew all about this as his eyes were everywhere omniscient as soon as Nana Sahib approached Neemgaon a few miles from Sridi. There was a stir in the masjid at Sridi. Baba was sitting and talking with Malsapati, Appa Shinde and Kashiram when he at once said, Let us all four do some bhajan. The doors of Pandhari are open, let us merrily sing. Then they begin to sing in chorus, the burden of the song being. I have to go to Pandharpur, and I have to stay on there, for it is the house of my Lord. Baba sang and the devotees followed him. In a short time, Nana Sahib came there with his family, prostrated before Baba and requested him to accompany them to Pandharpur and stay with them there. This solicitation was not necessary, as the devotees told Nana Sahib that Baba was already in the mood of going to Pandharpur and staying there. Hearing this, Nana Sahib was moved and fell at Baba's feet. Then getting Baba's permission, Udi, which is sacred ash, and blessings, Nana Sahib left for Pandapur. There is absolutely no end to Baba's stories, but let me now make a halt here, reserving for the next chapter other topics, such as importance of human life, Baba's living on arms, by by service and other stories. Both to Peace be to all. Home